Hey guys, what's going on? It's Vince. I am back for another podcast episode titled, I don't even remember what these things are called anymore. I think it's, um, no, this is not Ask Vince. This is Business Secrets for Gym Owners with Uncle Vinny. I'm Uncle Vinny. I've been out in California over the last um, couple weeks and been writing about it on my email. So if you follow me, you kind of know what's been happening in Cali. Um, but I just got back yesterday and had a great trip. We were out there. Vanessa's, Vanessa's my wife, but um, her family lives out there. And we have tons of friends out there. She and I met at a gym in San Diego where we both work. And then we got together and then moved to New Jersey and opened a gym together. But um, it all started in, in San Diego. So we took the whole family uh, back to San Diego. And the cool thing is we got a bunch of um, a bunch of friends still back there. So we got to see a ton of different people. And uh, it was a great time. Really, uh, really fills my cup when I get to be around old friends and people I love. So really good stuff. And then... The funny thing is, we, um, my son is a, he's a big into jujitsu, and he's eight years old, and he's competing and everything. And we've read all the Warrior Kid books. It's Jocko Willink, uh, his company, and um, they have a gym in um, San Diego called Victory MMA. And uh, I surprised him and brought him randomly to Victory MMA to take a to take a jujitsu class. And he loved it, and it's so cool. I went in at one point. I'm, I went into the bathroom, and in the men's locker room is where Jocko records the podcast. And it was, it was like I was like, this is like awesome. I was like, um, this is a guy that's got one of the best podcasts in the world, and he records it out of this the men's room of of a random of, of his gym. It's not a random gym, it's his gym, but uh, it, I just thought it was a good lesson. I talked about it today in the SPF. It was a good lesson of environment. You know, a lot of people think that these podcasts that, that I record are, you know, at some state-of-the-art studio. Like, I'm telling you right now, I'm in the middle of a deserted parking lot right now of a hospital. In the, It's like 7 o'clock at night, so it's pitch black out. And I'm sitting in my truck recording this podcast, right? This is my studio. Now, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. If you have, you know, a Joe Rogan style podcast, maybe you should look into it more. But I think sometimes people take too long to get things started because it's perfect, right? And here you have one of the best podcasters in the world that does it out of a locker room. And um, you have me that was, this podcast here was ranked the second best fitness business podcast on the planet and it's me yakking into a phone. So, I mean, the, the lesson here really is twofold. One is that don't wait for things to be perfect to start taking action. But two, make sure your environment is right. Now my environment is right for me because I'm completely undistracted. I'm sitting out here. It's not the middle of the woods, but it pretty much could be. And I'm in my car, and there's no cars around. It's dark. The parking lot's completely empty. I mean, if anything, a cop's got to come by and, like, knock on my window. I mean, what the hell are you doing here, dude? Um, but this is the perfect environment for me to record this podcast. And I think that if you want to get a lot done this year, and this is bonus stuff. This is not what I'm talking about today. But I think if you want to get a lot done this year, you have to start looking at the environments for where you do work, 
And, you know, so I've been teaching you guys a lot about marketing. And in order to do marketing, create marketing, and to write emails that sell, and to write good ad copy, and to create sales letters and all that stuff, you kind of can't do it in the middle of Starbucks with everything buzzing around. you got to be in a focused state to be able to get that done. And I think a lot of you do not have the right environment for that. Or you haven't set up the right boundaries in your life for that. And so something to think about this year is when you're trying to be more productive, don't just read the next productivity hack and, you know, buy the book Getting Things Done and all that. Well, I like that stuff. But the reality of the situation is you got to put yourself in the right environment. And, you know, I kind of checked myself on that a little bit this year. I was like, you know, a little bit uh, random with my environment. Sometimes I would work from home. Sometimes I would go to the gym. Sometimes I would go to the library. Sometimes I'd go to a hotel lobby. And I was a little, and Vanessa would be like, where are you working today? Kind of almost like a joke because her never knowing where I was doing. And I was like, you know, she's right. I really need to decide. So I wrote down where I'm going to work on which days. And now it just it just really defines what I'm going to do. It defines where I'm going to be. It defines what times, right? Because there's certain times, like if I go to the library, I can't work out at the library. So I need to go to the library in the morning and I need to go, if I'm going to work out at 3, I leave the library at 2.45 and I go to the gym and work out. And actually I found that I like that better because it's like harder to work in a gym and then go into the gym and work out for whatever reason, but it is for me. Um, so, so pay attention to your environment, pay attention to where you're going to do work this year and uh, maybe make some very strategic decisions on the different environments. What's the inventory of environments that you have? You have you know, you have obviously the gym and hopefully you have some type of an office to do stuff and maybe you can close the door and maybe you put headphones in and that's the right environment for you. Um, maybe you can work at Starbucks. I don't know. Maybe there's a library close to you. I mean, libraries are, are, are a gold mine. Um, maybe you want to rent an office. I mean, maybe you find a place that has an office and you want to spend a couple hundred bucks a month with, with an office and you go there three days a week, you know, in the mornings and get all your stuff done. So that's an option as well but understand this one of the most important things in terms of productivity and focus is is the environment that you choose to do the work so pay attention to that I thought that uh, that was an interesting reminder um, for me uh, today I really wanted to talk about retention and so my best friend in the world Mike Waldron. He runs a, a business called Carmel Valley Financial. And he's essentially the CFO for gyms. His I was client zero of his. And then, um, you know, he started getting, you know, uh, Rick Mayo as a client. You know, he, he has some of the top names in the, um, in the fitness space as clients, right? And all he does is look at numbers all day. He looks at financials, he looks at profit and loss statements, he looks at, but he also looks at the critical drivers like leads and attrition and, and things like that. And he's got a ton of gyms he's working with. And so he's got a lot of data. And what he does is he kind of aggregates all this data and he kind of builds these averages based on all the data. So there's nothing personal that I'm giving out here. It's basically an average of data. Um... 
and the interesting thing is, um, sorry, I had a call coming. But the interesting thing is, is that retention, which is something that he tracks, has gone what was kind of pre-COVID levels of around 3% to close to 6%. Now, that might not sound like a lot to you, but that is, if you looked at your numbers, that is a lot. The, If you really think about it, 6% attrition, which is, goes on a kind of a monthly basis, if you have a gym that's got 100 members, and they lose 6% a month, that's 6 clients a month, that's 72 clients a year. 100 minus 72 is 28. A gym that had 100 just got stuck with 28. It's a real thing. It's a, re it's a problem. And the uh, Mike is not looking at like this, you know, one or two people being like, oh my God, my attrition went up a little bit. No, he's looking at well over 100 gyms and all of them do small group, semi-private type training. Um, so it's a very tight group, meaning that they're all very similar models. He doesn't like how, you know, a random box gym here and there. He's like very, very, um, all, all the gyms he works with are very close in model. And so this data is real. And I think everyone's got to understand that the concept has to drive you towards looking at what you're doing for retention and understanding that you can no longer rely on just doing a great job anymore. You can't just be like, hey, you know, we, really, we have a really good product and we train our staff and we do all those things really well. And I don't think that you can do that anymore. I think that that is, um, times have, have changed. And I think you're going to have to do more. This is the statement. You're going to have to do more to get lesser or the same result. Now, are there some people out there have that have a 2% attrition? Yes. And if you have a 2% attrition, keep on keeping on. Don't worry about this. Shut this off and go have a party because you're doing great. But the average is not that. The average is closer to 6%. The average is losing 72 clients a year if they have 100 clients that they're starting the year with. So for the rest of us, you know, listen carefully. So I think that you got to take this seriously and know that I'm not going to give you a whole diatribe on marketing, which is really, honestly, we can only do so much with retention, right? You can't, you can't, it, it's almost like kind of bringing a gun to a knife fight. Like you can't think that you're going to attack all attrition and you're going to go to 0%. It's just not possible. I think you got to do the right things and then you got to rely on your marketing to outpace after you've done everything possible to build your a better attrition rate. And the number one thing that you can do to build a great attrition rate is to track attendance. And I know it's really basic and I know it's really simple, but the most important thing that you can do to keep your attendance on track is, is sorry to keep your attrition on track is to track attendance and the way you do that is just taking a look at how many people uh you got coming to the gym they're signed up for twice a week they're signed up for three times a week or whatever and what you want to pay attention to is is there changes in those behaviors meaning did they just come 
three days a week on average last month, and all of a sudden they dipped down to two days a week. Now, if they tell you that, they're giving you a warning sign. If they say, hey, I want to take my membership and go three to two, three days a week, two days a week, they're giving you a warning sign. And sometimes we just be like, oh, yeah, you know, um, they're just going down to two because they're busy. No, like I think you need to treat that as a red flag. Now, the second way is not as nice, and that is they just start doing it. And they go from three days a week to two days a week, and they don't tell you. They just start coming less. Well, that's an alarm bell that needs to go off in your gym. You got to understand that, that that's something that you need to pick up. And whatever software you're using, or whatever thing you're using, you need to have that in place and be using it well enough that you can pick that up. But that is the number one thing that's going to tell you if someone quits, right? We, we, we're built on in-person services. We're built on, you know, coming to the gym. And if they stop coming to the gym or they start coming to the gym less, that is a gateway to them terminating, which is affects your retention. So understand that you got to have that track. Now, the second really thing that you need to do is be in touch with all your clients. And obviously that tracking attendance is a way that you can do that, right? So you can um, use the attendance as a driver to reach out to your current clients, right? But you also should have some type of a process in place where you're reaching out to clients on a regular basis, whether they're coming or whether they're not. Um, many of our gyms have hired a position to do this called the client success manager, kind of popularized by the great Joe Hashies, the head business coach um, at SPF. And he had a retention issue at his gym and he went out and he hired a very specific person. He had 700 members at the time, but he hired a specific person to only do this, to only reach out to clients and check in with them, look at their behaviors and to check in, see if they needed things, see how they're doing. They weren't a trainer or anything like that. They didn't have a training background. They were just great on the phone and great with customer service and a nice, um, nice person. And that's kind of what they did. So that's a way that you can drive these reach outs. Can you have your trainers do it? Sure. And you can tell by my response, you can. Probably not going to be as good. So understand that if you do have your trainers do it, it they, they can do it. Um, but they're probably not going to do it a good, a, as good a job as if you had someone in that position. And I don't think it's a... a um, a full-time position either. I think it's a part-time position, you know, 15 to 20 hours a week, uh, maybe even less than that for some of you that don't have as many clients, but it's just someone that is, has their finger on uh, the pulse of it and is doing these reach outs and is that kind of friendly, familiar face um, that kind of provides that extra layer of customer support. I think that that's a, a really great role uh, for you to have at your gym and whether that's a separate position or whether that's something people on your staff pitching in together, uh, whether that's your spouse doing that. I know Vanessa does a little bit of that for us at the gym, um, not with everybody, but you know, with a good amount of our, of our clients, she does that. So um, I, I, I think it's, you know, these are base level attrition. I know there's other things we can do. We can do client events. We can do things like that and have, you know, socials. And, and I think that those can't be in place of the very, very, very basics.
Now you might be like, all right, yeah, duh. But there's a lot of people out there not doing this. There's some of you listening to this, unfortunately. You're listening to this right now, and you're like, oh my God, I'm not tracking attendance right now. Thank you very much, Vince. I'm going to go start doing that. And so there's, there's probably more people that don't do it than do do it, being honest. So track your attendance. Have a process for reaching out, whether that's just you doing it, whether that's your trainer's doing it, whether that's a separate hire that you're doing it. It doesn't matter. The reality of it is it needs to be done. And, you know, I I think that having some type of, and this is really speaking to some of the higher-end gyms that are charging three, four, five hundred $500 a month, like having something built into your systems where you're meeting with clients on a regular basis. I don't think it probably is monthly. I think monthly is too much. They're not going to do it. But even if it's quarterly. Like, meet, sit down with your clients quarterly. Only a small percentage are, are going to do it, but the ones you do do it with are going to stay for a long time. So, there's, there's a, it, it's, here, here's my point in this, in that so few people will do it. Um, I bought a product, I'm, not, I'm trying not to use names here, but I, I, pr- I brought a product recently, and the, the product came with, what's called a copy critique where you could send this. Well, shit, I'm just going to tell you the name. It was Dan Kennedy and you could bought this product and it came with a copy critique and you can send Dan Kennedy, one of the world's greatest marketers, a piece of your copy and he will critique it for you. Okay. That's a really, really high value thing that to, to have done for you. One of the best marketers in the world looking at your market and saying, Hey, you do this, do this, do this. And here's how you can make it better. That is, like, valuable. Okay? It came with the product. The, the, the copy critique, if you bought it separately, was worth more than the whole thing. 52 people bought the product. Take a guess how many people redeemed the copy critique. Three. Three out of 52 people redeemed the copy critique. That is... Unbelievable. Now, this was not like a regular group of people. This was like a hard-charging entrepreneur group of people. This wasn't like, you know, random people. This is like they buy stuff like this. They do they participate. They do. They were at a seminar, you know, to learn this stuff. And only three, three or four, I can't remember what I said. It's three or four. Um, out of the 52. Now, that's just think it's shocking but it's really just human behavior it's really just honestly human behavior and so understand this it's like a lot of times we don't offer things because we think everyone's going to do it and all of a sudden we're going to be so inundated with one-on-one meetings quarterly that we're never going to actually be able to have a dinner with our family again because we offer this and that's not that's not going to happen what's going to happen is the people that do do it you're going to have a really 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 good relationship with and they're going to stay a really, really long time for the handful of people that do do it. Plus, it also will help you in the sales process when you tell them they get this with their membership because people want accountability. They want to be held accountable. And they want to know that that is available to you. So sometimes we offer, we don't offer things because we think it's going to be too much work because everyone's going to take us up on it. And that's not the case. So maybe offer a, a meeting 
you know, one-on-one, -on -one, sit down with your clients. They're paying you 400 bucks a month for crying out loud. Sit down with them one-on-one -on -one and check and check in with them. How are they doing? Do you want to do an in-body? Do you want to do, you know, this and that? Well, how can we help? How are things going? Um, so all, all that stuff is going to improve your attendance. And, you know, some of us are, and here's the thing that what you got to understand is if you were doing all these things, if you're doing the things I just mentioned, if you're doing events and you're doing, you're creating good culture and your attention is still not where it needs to be. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how much more you can actually do. It could be something with your staff. It could be something, but sometimes it's, it, it really is just the way it is. There are a lot of people. I cannot tell you how many people we've lost as clients that move. It is countless. And, you know, being honest, we have a lot of clients that um, stop training due to injury, right? And it's not because, you know, we're doing stupid stuff. It's because our clients are, a lot of them are 60, 65 years old. And they have these injuries that get them to stop training. Now, we do our best to keep them going and keep them training. But that's a factor, right? It's a factor when you're working with older older people. So you have some, some things that are a little bit beyond your control. And so you have those things working against you. But the reality of the situation is you got to do the basics. You got to make sure that you're doing the basics for attrition. And then the rest of it has to be outpaced with marketing. You have to be able to understand that you need to be able to out. If you want to grow, you have to outpace your attrition. And if your attrition is at 6%, you got a big marketing job ahead of you. So first thing I would do is try to get that attrition down. But understand, it's only going to go so far. It's only going to go from 60% to 3%. It's probably going to not much go much lower than 3%. And if you want to grow, you still have to outpace that with marketing. You still have to outpace that with lead flow. You still have to pace that, outpace that with reactivation and follow-up and all that stuff and have these systems set up in your business so you can grow. Because if you don't outpace your attrition, you won't grow. We always look at a net number each month it's one of our biggest biggest metrics it's like what do you how did you grow in net meaning if you had 120 clients on january 1st how many clients do you have on february 1st okay if you have 125 you're net you're plus five good keep going you got to look at that you got to look at and I'm, I'm i'm counting holds too basically you get here's how you count it are they are they paying you now or not if they ain't paying you now, they're gone. They're they're off the net number. I don't care if they say they're going to come back in one month. They're off. So you got to look at you're at 120 on January 1st. Are you at 125 on February 1st? Total net. Not did you gain five clients, but did you lose zero and gain five? Or did you lose five and gain 10? That's going to make you plus five. That is how you will grow. If you lose more people than you gain, you won't grow. I know I'm like saying very basic things here, but a lot of people don't pay attention to this stuff. They don't pay attention to the total net number. It's your most important metric in your entire business. It's the most important metric. Business is all about getting clients and keeping clients. That is what it's about. You can narrow down your business into two things, getting clients and keeping clients, getting clients and keeping clients all day long and twice on Sunday 
and the plus minus net number is the driver of your entire business. That is the driver. Pending your pricing is right. You're not doing silly stuff, right? There's all there's a whole caveat to this with pricing and that kind of thing. But if that is all in check, and hopefully it is, um, you're looking at getting clients, keeping clients, and you gotta outpace the the retention rate. So get those basics in place. Do the basics. If you're not doing the basics, don't do all the shiny stuff. And then have a really, really great marketing plan. And if you need help with that, you should join us in the six-week new client search program that starts on uh, January 30th. We can put a link to the show notes in there. Um, so if you need help with any of your sales and marketing, we can do that in the search. But at base level, get on that retention do the basics, track attendance, reach out to the clients, keep a pulse. We have a whole system at GFP where we label clients red, yellow, and green. Green means they're in, they're good, they're coming, they're happy, everything's great. Yellow means, eh, they're, they're coming here sporadically, here and there. They maybe got a complaint here and there, they sprained their ankle or whatever. There's a chance that there's like some change in their performance or their participation. And then red means they're like, what the hell happened to them? I haven't heard from that person. They're out. They, I mean, they didn't call me back. They're red. You got to get to find out how to get there. But, so you got to be tracking. You got to be tracking. You got to be tracking of what's going on with these people. We have our finger on the pulse of every client. Of every client. And we still have a 4% attrition rate. Right? So a little better. But not much. And we're doing all these things. So I'm not telling you what you're going to do is going to give you a 0% attrition rate. That's not possible. What I am telling you is you might need to do more. And that's the example, same example with us. We needed, to, we needed to do more than what we did before to get lesser or the same result. We used to have like this immaculate attendance tracking back in the day. We didn't, and we never had any attrition problems. Right? So there are some changes to the world that has caused a lot of this stuff. And it's not unlikely that all the things and uncertainty in the world is partly causing this. We have an election year coming up. You got wars all over the place. There's stuff happening. It's probably causing a lot of this inconsistencies. So it's happening to all of us, me included. And so you just got to be ready and you got to be prepared and, and do all the right things and do the basics. So get your retention in, uh, in check. If you need to get your marketing in check, join us on January 30th, six-week new client surge. Put the link in the show notes, and uh, I'll see you next time. Peace.